my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show where we're talking about, of course, the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing And we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology, because when we look at those three, we see the world in better context. The world is what we call a complex system. And so uh, complex systems, you can't just look at one part. You have to look at them in context to each other, the economy, the markets, the human body, et cetera. And so we're looking at this through the through the lens of those three things. Of course, the technology we look at is Bitcoin. It's the decentralized technology that is changing the world. Not just money, but changing the world. Of course, fix the money, fix the world, as we like to say. Um, and man, there's always so much news that makes my job being pretty easy because there's always so much to talk about. And I want to run through some of the biggest news stories that happened this week. So let's let's dig into those. Now, of course, we like to talk about Bitcoin, uh, the decentralized technology, fixing the money, fixing the world. And so um, it's been a there's been, there's been a lot of movement to talk about in Bitcoin. Now, I often say that talking about the price is one of the least interesting pieces about Bitcoin. Um, when you're looking at new technologies, if you're as a venture, well, not if I am a venture capital investor. Um, and I like to look at, uh, I like to invest into these companies. And, you know, my timetable is typically seven to 10 years. You're in a lockup period. Um, you have to wait till there's a liquidity event, they go public, something like that. And so um, because there's no price on the on the company itself, they're not being marked to market. How do I know if the company's doing good? Well, I look, are they growing their user base? 
Are they developing on it, et cetera? And so I like to look at Bitcoin from that lens. But uh, we saw this week that the price was moving a little bit. And it's interesting because it's moving based off of the U.S. government's holdings of Bitcoin. Now, a lot of you maybe don't know this, but the United States government is sitting on a lot of Bitcoin. As a matter of fact, most of the governments of the world are sitting on lots of Bitcoin. Some of, gov- some of the governments, including China and another one, are sitting on almost 200,000 Bitcoin. Not, not a small amount, a big amount. As a matter of fact, um, the U.S. government sits on lots of Bitcoin that they have taken from different people at different times um, in seizures and things like that. Now, I do want to just say that Bitcoin cannot be seized, all right? Bitcoin cannot be seized. It is what's called censorship resistant. If I have it, nobody can take it from me unless they get my key, unless they get my private key. So whenever you hear about the government took someone's Bitcoin, it's because they got their private key. Now, how do they get their private key? Well, there's any number of ways. I could give it to the government in exchange for, you know, a lighter sentence or something like that. Um, In some cases, they've raided people's houses and their computer was open and it was just sitting there on their computer. Um, if you, if you were, if you had gold, you know, imagine you had gold and, and you went in, in the old days, right. And you went and buried it out in the dirt somewhere and you made a map, uh, a map to where you bury that gold. Well, if someone found your map, they would go find your gold. So the goal would be to hide your map and not give the map up. If someone knew you had gold, they'd maybe come grab you and torture you until you gave up your map. Right. But if they don't have the map, they can't get the gold. And the same is true with Bitcoin. If they don't have your key, they can't get the Bitcoin. So The government has taken Bitcoin, yes, but only because they've gotten the key. So the key, (laughs) the key, the key is hide your key, right? The key is hide your key. One, never put your private key into a computer. Don't do that. Hackers could get it. Don't put it on the internet. Don't put it into Google Docs. Don't put it into Evernote. Don't put it in the computer. Don't put it in Evernote. Unfortunately, you got to do it the old-fashioned way. Put it on a piece of paper. And then hide that piece of paper. Now you can put it into multiple safety deposit boxes. You know, you could tear it into pieces and put it in safety deposit boxes. You could hide it in a book on your shelf. You could turn it into pictures and put them onto your walls. Uh, there's any number of ways to do that. You can use a multi-signature wallet setup where you have like three different um, keys. And the person trying to get it from you would have to get all three keys, which could be impossible if you hide them properly. So anyway, but the, the U.S. government has this Bitcoin And it looks like the U.S. government might be preparing to potentially sell the Bitcoin, which I would say is probably a big mistake. I think the U.S. government should hang on to the Bitcoin they have. Uh, I'm a hodler. I think the government should be a hodler as well. Uh, But the the government has $1 billion worth of Bitcoin, and they transferred it. And it's caused the price of Bitcoin to dip. U.S. authorities transferred $1 billion worth of Bitcoin recovered from a dark web hack to a new wallet address, including one owned by Coinbase. Now, like I said, some people are thinking the government might sell that, and it's why they're afraid the price might dip down. Nearly 10,000 Bitcoins were sent to Coinbase-controlled wallets, while roughly 41,000 Bitcoins were directed to government-controlled wallets. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. They haven't told us. So all we're left is to speculate. Uh, in a previous segment earlier, I was talking about um, truth and you know truth and transparency. So when they don't tell us the truth or they're not transparent, we're left to speculate here. 
So we don't know. But we do know is that historically, the government hasn't really just dumped <laughs> tokens onto the onto the public market like that. Uh, typically, what they do after they've seized digital assets is they sell them at an auction. In 2014, and then also in 2015, the government auctioned off Bitcoin that was seized from the owner of a virtual black market platform called Silk Road. And as a matter of fact, the, uh, the founder of Silk Road, uh, Ross Ulbricht, is, has been in uh, prison ever since, and he's facing multiple life sentences. So he founded a place where people could buy drugs online with Bitcoin, and he's facing multiple life sentences. Meanwhile, we have murderers and rapists getting out in fractions of that time, getting out, released to the public. Yet he's facing multiple life sentences. You can tell a lot about the government by the crimes they choose to uh, enforce. Do they enforce crimes against their citizens who they're supposed to be and protect harsher or do they protect or do they are they more harsh on crimes against the government themselves? That tells you kind of everything you need to know. Anyway, um, what we can see is that the movement of Silk Road Bitcoin to Coinbase is almost definitely being done with some intention to sell these tokens. At least that's what people think. Now, the speculation part is, can the market absorb that if they were to dump those onto the market? Now, most, most investors that had that type of type of money, or I should say not investors, but hodlers, people that had that much Bitcoin would never dump all that Bitcoin on the market because they know it would crush the market. Um, but we'll see. Another, another fun piece on Bitcoin I saw this week isn't so much about Bitcoin itself, but uh, more about why. Why would we need Bitcoin? Um, I think uh, Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman, who I don't know why anybody listens to him. He's, he's been wrong over and over and over. He famously said that the internet would have no greater impact on society than the fax machine. Um, so he's been wrong, obviously. Um, but it was funny this week, he tweeted out, um, he said, I've been using Venmo for years, but now won't allow me to make payments. I spent a long time in chat with representatives and they told me that they can't explain why or fix it. The software has taken control. So he, 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 uh, he vented onto Twitter uh, publicly that he's not able to access or send his own money, that he is being censored by Venmo, being rugged. And maybe he's starting to learn the value of Bitcoin. You see, Bitcoin is permissionless. Anybody can download a wallet, send and receive money. There's no Venmo or PayPal that can censor you or stop it or block it or prevent it or lock you out. Now, here he is publicly stating his dissatisfaction that he can't send his own money. He can't access his own money. Uh, of course, Venmo is, is a centralized payments tool, maybe potentially one of the worst out there from a public, from a privacy standpoint. Um, but I just thought it was funny that all of a sudden he's realizing that uh, maybe there's a need for having something that's permissionless and censorship resistant. Lots of, uh, lots of funny uh, tweets in reply to him. Uh, someone asking, were you trying to buy drugs or an assassination? <laughs> like, what were you trying to do here? Um, so Paul Krugman is wrong, but maybe he is starting to wake up uh, to the problem at hand. Uh, it'll be funny to keep an eye on this. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We talk about the decentralized revolution through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. We're running through some of the, eh, maybe some of the biggest news headlines that happened this week to give you an idea. I like to call them signposts so you can see the world ch uh, changing and transforming right before our very eyes. A lot of people want to know, when will this happen, Mark? When? And I'm like, it's happening right now. 
Like, can't you see it? And so we're walking through that. I have a lot more to cover. We're going to cover the economy, some things that the Federal Reserve said, uh, anti-woke stuff, and more. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We talk about the decentralized revolution, and we are running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week so we can see exactly how far along and how fast we are moving through this uh, decentralized revolution. We're looking at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology, and uh, talking about finance. Man, we are going into some uncharted territory. We got to spend a couple minutes here because there is a lot going on. It's something I've been talking about over and over and over. Of course, the big topic for our, for the last like two years has been inflation, 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 uh, which basically means prices are going up and the cost of living is going up. And that's a big problem for the Fed because the Fed wants there to be a 2% inflation. Now, the funny thing is, is that if 2% is good, like wouldn't a little bit more be better? <laughs> Well, it'd certainly be better for them. It would inflate away their debt faster. But the problem is that it makes life harder on me and you. Uh, And, you know, my gas is higher. My food is higher and things like that. And eventually the people aren't happy and the people start to grumble. And so the Fed is, you know, committed to bringing down inflation. The problem is as they're committed to bringing down inflation, 
The part that they're not really saying out loud, but I've been saying out loud, I've been shouting from my pulpit uh, on my YouTube channel and from, from the radio show and the podcast is that the Fed wants to make you broke. That's what they're not saying. The Fed wants to make you broke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain that to you. But before, you know, we have to look at the Fed just met and what, what happened. And basically, Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, said that, hey, well, we need to be prepared to go to higher rates. The economy is still too good. Um, and so we will need to um, raise rates more. Jerome Powell says the Fed is prepared to speed up interest rate rises uh, higher than previously thought to fight inflation because, you know, the economy is just still doing too good, apparently. Now, I don't know what metrics he's looking at. Actually, I kind of do know what metrics he's looking at, uh, but. The metrics that I'm looking at show us that we are headed for massive disaster. Um, and what kind of metrics are those? Well, we can see that the savings rate has completely fallen off a cliff. As a matter of fact, uh, the amount of money that U.S. Americans are saving is just going down like a plane that's uh, going for a crash landing. And at the same time, we have savings going down. We have personal consumption or personal credit going through the roof. What does that tell us? That means that the average person is living off of credit. It's not good. We can also see that mortgage demand from home buyers has dropped to its lowest levels in 30 years, not since 2008, in 30 years. Mortgage applications to purchase a home dropped 6% last week compared to the previous week. Seasonally adjusted, the volume was 44% lower than the same week a year ago, and it's sitting at a 28-year low. Man, so that's not good. Now, you're not buying a home. What do you care? Well, you care because if people aren't buying new homes, then that affects all the realtors and the mortgage brokers and the and the furniture companies and the and the remodel companies and the contractors and the lumber stores and the and Ford who makes trucks for the contractors. <laughs> it affects everybody. And then all of those, but you say you're not in any of those businesses. Well, all of those people that work in those businesses don't have money to come now and spend at your business. See how that works? We're all tied together. So this is a really big deal. Um, of course, a lot of that has been driven by the rates going up on homes. The one thing that I think is interesting to understand, I talk about all the time, there's no such thing as the real estate market. There's thousands of real estate markets. And there's a really big discrepancy between the existing home market and the new home market. The new homes market makes up about 15% of the total real estate market. And what we've seen is that um, the existing home market hasn't really gone down that much because people don't want to sell. Why do I want to sell and get rid of my 3% mortgage and then go get a 7% mortgage today? Of course, they don't want to do that. And so really, it's the new homes that are starting um, that are really starting to, to, to drop off. But as we see this coming down, we see, like I said, savings rates going down, um, credit card um, debt going up. We see you know, the housing market looking like it's crashing. Um, the Fed is out here saying that, well, we need to lift rates higher because the inflation is not going down. Now, I've been saying for a long time, the problem is that they are fighting a war they can't win because there's two types of inflation, really. Uh, it's stupid to even break them down this way. But according to The Economist, this is how it's done. You have what's demand pull or cost 
push. So demand pull is when you have way too much money and there's too much demand and all this demand is trying to buy a limited amount of goods. That demand starts pulling the prices higher. Then there's cost push where the cost of my labor, the cost of my goods went up and it pushes the prices higher. We have been seeing a cost push inflation, meaning supply chains broke down. The cost of getting commodities out of the ground has gone up. Gas went up, oil went up. You can't drive the tractors as cheap anymore to deliver the goods. It went up. It's pushing the prices up. Labor went up, right? Um, so it's pushing the prices up. The problem is the Fed is fighting inflation, but inflation is being caused by cost push, but they can't affect that side. The only thing they can affect is the demand pull. So they're trying to crush demand by making you broke. Now, again, they haven't said that. I'm saying it. But now I'm not the only one saying it. As a matter of fact, uh, somebody that I do not like and do not really agree with at all, Senator Elizabeth Warren, has come out and said as much. As a matter of fact, I got a couple of clips for you I want to play because it is like I can't even believe that she's saying this. And so uh, let's, let's take a listen to this clip from Senator Elizabeth Warren right here, and then we'll talk about it. So the Fed has raised interest rates eight times over the last year in what has been the most extreme rate height cycle in 40 years. The Fed's goal is to slow inflation, and your tool, raising interest rates, is designed to slow the economy and throw people out of work. So far, you haven't tipped the economy into recession, but you haven't brought inflation entirely under control either. And maybe the reason for that is that other things are also keeping prices high, things you can't fix with high interest rates, Things like price gouging and supply chain kinks and a war in Ukraine. But you are determined to continue to raise interest rates. So I want to take a look at where you're headed. So as I said, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren is somebody I typically do not agree with at all, but she actually nails this one pretty dang good. Now, she says that it's a, a cost push problem. I don't agree with everything that she's aligned on that side of the cost push problem. So she talks about price gouging, for example. Um, she went on the war path saying that uh, turkey companies were gouging you on the price of your uh, Thanksgiving turkey. That's not the way markets work. If, if one company was trying to gouge you on a price, then another company would come and sell you at a lower price. That's how competition works. So competition doesn't allow for price gouging. So I don't agree with that. However, she is right. It's a cost push problem. And a lot of it is, is because of the cost of prices going up up, um, oil, commodities, et cetera, but also supply chains. So you got that part right. Also, you know, they blamed a lot of this problem on uh, the war in, in, in Russia and Ukraine, which um, is, is also part of the problem. War is highly inflationary. War disrupts things. Any disruption in our global supply chains causes prices to go up. Any uncertainty that's brought into the market is inflationary and causes causes things to go back up. Now, I have a couple more clips of this interview with uh, Elizabeth Warren um, and Jerome Powell. <sighs> Man, she nails this. I'm going to be back with more, and I have some stuff from Senator Kennedy. You do not want to miss it. I got to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. Don't go away. You're going to love it. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, of course, the decentralized revolution. I'm running through some of the latest breaking news headlines, and we are talking about the economy, and we're talking about the markets, the global markets, and what the Federal Reserve is trying to do. Now, as I said, um, they are trying to stop inflation, but what they're really doing is uh, it's a war against you. I was playing some clips from Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, somebody who I never agree with, and I couldn't believe that she said the quiet part out loud. Um, but she basically said that uh, the, 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 the inflation is being caused by something that you do not, the Fed, the Fed does not have the tools to fix. Um, so I agree with that. Let's, let's listen to this next clip here. We'll talk about that. According to the Fed's own report, if you continue raising interest rates as you plan, unemployment will be 4.6% by the end of the year, more than a full point higher than it is today. Chair Powell, if you hit your projections, do you know how many people who are currently working, going about their lives, will lose their jobs? I don't, uh, I don't have that number in front of me. I will say it's, it's not, it's it's not just an intended consequence. It's well, not- but it is, and it's in your report, and that would be about 2 million people who would lose their jobs. People who are working right now, making their mortgages. Hmm. So he said, that's not an intended consequence. She says, well, it is. It's in your report. So there's a report that came out from the Fed, uh, basically talking about how they're trying to uh, engineer a recession. And it talks about historically what happens. And it talks about um, every time they raise rates, uh, what, what that does to the unemployment rate. And so she's saying that if they continue on this path, we're going to get where we have unemployment rate is too low. You having a job. Let me, let me explain this to you. You having a job and you getting paid more to do your job to keep up with, it, with inflation is a problem for the Fed. The Fed wants 2 million people to lose their jobs. 2 million. She went on to say, uh, what do you want to say to them? What do you want to say to those 2 million people? Uh, sorry, you just have to lose your job. That's just the way it is. Um, let's listen to this next clip here. There have been 12 times in which the unemployment rate has increased by one percentage point within one year, exactly what you're aiming to do right now. How many of those times did the U.S. economy avoid falling into a recession? 
you know, it's it's not as black and white as it, it very, Just very looking at the numbers. It actually yeah, no, is no. pretty black. Alan Blinder's written a book on this. And, there have and, been 12 times that we've seen a one-point increase in the, in the unemployment rate in a year. That's exactly what your Fed report has put out as the projection and the plan based on how you're going to keep raising these interest rates. How many times did the economy fail to fall into a recession after doing that out of 12 times? I think the number is zero. I think the number is zero. That's exactly right. <laughs> so what happens if we go down this path? For them to have any movement, they need 2 million people to lose their jobs. They need you to be paid less wages than you're being paid now. And of the last 12 times that unemployment has gone up by 1%, it's gone into a recession. They're not saying that, but I've been saying it for a year. Senator Elizabeth Warren is finally getting it. Are you getting it? Uh, of course, my high horse that I'm going to rant on is in the Fed. Uh, Ron Paul really kind of got me radicalized with his campaign to end the Fed. It's really what brought my attention to this. And to think of the insanity of this world that we're in, where we have an unelected group of people who are controlling the money, whose goal it is to create a recession and for 2 million people to lose their jobs. Now, do those 2 million people have mortgages and car payments? What happens to their life? What happens to their credit? What happens to their kids? Oh, I guess they would just, well, I don't know. I guess it's just an inconsequential thing that just has to happen. 12 out of 12 times. This is where we're going. Uh, from, I have another clip here, last one I want to play for you. Uh, Senator Kennedy, and he nails this one. He really goes in to show you exactly how bad this can get. Let's listen to this clip. You're trying to achieve disinflation, are you not? Yes, we are. Okay. Based on history, in the 10 times that we got inflation down, disinflation since the 1950s, in order to reduce inflation by 2%, unemployment had to go up 3.6%. Now, that's history, is it not? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yes, the standard has been that there have been recessions and downturns when okay. the Fed has tried to reduce inflation. Now, right now, the, the current inflation rate is 6.4%, and the current unemployment rate is 3.4%. Now, if history is right, I'm not asking you to, 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 again, blame anybody, but if history is right, unless you get some help in order to get inflation down from 6.4%, to let's say 4.4%, and the unemployment rate is going to have to rise to 7% based on history. That's what the record would say. Okay. And to get inflation down to 2.2% based on history, an immutable fact, unemployment would have to go to 10.6%. Would it not? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's uh, what the record shows. That's what the history shows. Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is where we're going. The Fed hates you. Let me, let, me, let me just say that again. The Fed hates you. Their goal is to make 10 million people unemployed, ruin their credit, get rid of their jobs, destroy their kids' future. That's their goal. It's their goal. It's the only way. If they want to get inflation down to 2.2%, history shows inflation and unemployment will have to go from 3.5% to 10.6%. 
millions and millions and millions of people's lives will be destroyed. Why? Let me ask you why. Now, why do we have this inflation? Well, if we go back to the Austrian school um, definition of what inflation is, inflation is an increase in the money supply. This is super simple. These, these economists try to make it super difficult. It's actually very simple. If you have more money chasing the same amount of goods, prices go up. If there's one house for sale and there's 10 people trying to buy that house, the price of the house goes up. So when you increase the money, you have more money, more buyers chasing the same amount of goods, prices go up. Inflation is not, they've changed the definition. Inflation is not prices going up. Prices going up is prices going up. Inflation is when you inflate when you increase, inflate like a balloon, you inflate the balloon, you inflate, you increase the amount of air in a balloon. Inflation is when you increase the amount of money in the system. So when the Fed prints money, the Fed and the government prints money in the pandemic, almost $11 trillion was pumped in. They inflated the money supply. The inflation of the money supply causes prices to go back up. Now, they're trying to fight the inflation they caused. And in order to do that, they have to destroy millions and millions and millions of people's lives and their kids' lives and their credit. Now, of course, when all that happens and the cars get repoed and the car companies don't do good and they don't buy homes and then the, all those builders don't have jobs and they don't shop at your stores, it affects everybody. This is the entire economy. Unemployment at 10% is unimaginable. That puts us at Great Depression levels. Now, he goes on to say, Senator Kenny goes on to say, um, we, we need to have a reduction in the money supply, both monetary, which is what the Fed controls, and the fiscal side, which means the government needs to stop spending so much money. Both of those are inflationary. Both the Fed and the Treasury have to stop spending money. Stop with the money in Ukraine. Stop with the omnibus bill spending. Stop with the Inflation Reduction Act. All of those things are what's causing the price to go up. So while the Fed is trying to make you poorer, they're actively still spending money, which is still causing the problem. And as uh, Senator Warren said, you're trying to crush demand, but it's not a demand problem, and so it's not a war they can even win. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about how things are breaking down, uh, breaking down the economy for you right now. I got a lot more to cover when I come back in a minute. Um, yeah, some good stuff. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is breaking apart from a centralized world to a decentralized world. I'm running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week. And I saw this um, news headline, and uh, it's something I've talked about before, but it's unfortunately, it's making more and more uh, stops in the news cycle. And it's something that I just, I, I, I can't ignore, I have to talk about. And it's this uh, talk about these 15-minute cities. Have you heard about that? 15-minute cities. Now, If you don't know what that means, um, basically, they want to create these cities where everything you need is within a a 15-minute radius from your house. So everything you need, you know, your groceries, your dry cleaning, whatever, is all within a 15-minute radius, so you don't have to have cars anymore. So you can basically walk or ride a bicycle everywhere you want to go. Now, this is uh, the first that I really seen uh, this actually in practice was, I believe, in Oxford, uh, UK. Um, and since then, now it's starting to spread all around uh, the world, including Canada, and yes, even in the United States, this is coming. Now, uh, if you haven't heard about it, you will. It's coming to a city near you, and basically, this goes into part of a bigger plan. Now, they say that those don't know that those don't know history are bound to repeat it. I wouldn't say this is so much history. Uh, it's a little bit, but you know, when it comes to power and control over information, which we talked about earlier, um, there's also power and control over your movement and your resources and things like that. Um, what we know is if we go back and you look at something called Agenda uh, 2020, and now there's Agenda 2030, um, these are documents that the UN has put out, the United Nations, um, which by the way, you know, the United Nations has way more influence over the United States than you maybe realize, especially since Biden, Obama has been back in office. Um, but for the UN, they put these, these documents out. And so you can go read them, go to their website. I highly recommend that you do. Um, and they tell you what their agenda is by that time. Now you've already seen, of course, no doubt I've talked about many times, um, California, the United States, the UK, Ireland, all these countries, they've they've put in these like net zero climate goals. And a lot of them are by getting rid of gasoline powered cars. And you'll see by 2030, by 2035, most of these nations say they won't, you won't be allowed to sell them anymore. They won't make them. And the goal is to sort of get rid of cars. And if you look into Agenda 2020 and Agenda 2030, you'll start to see that really what they want to do is get rid of cars altogether. And part of the reason why they want to get rid of cars altogether is because they want to restrict your movement. Um, all of these things for self-driving cars will be they can just pick you up and take you to work, but there's no more like Sunday drive to go see your mom. And they want to push us into these cities. Now, like I said, this is kind of something that's been growing and I've been seeing more and more. But I, I do want to tell you just a side note to this. Um, while this plan is to get us all into the cities, now China's been doing this for a long time. China's moved tried to move everybody from the farms into the cities. Um, while the goal is to get us into these cities and so we we can't move around, uh, we're just stuck in these cities and they can, can kind of control us and manage us. 
sometimes I get kind of scared about this. I get worried about it. Uh, I think that, you know, at some point we have to kind of figure out where we want to stay and we're just going to be kind of stuck there. I have to tell you a side note, just a little anecdotal sto- uh, story. Um, I just got back from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I was out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I went out there for a uh, Bitcoin ski week and a bunch of meetings out there. And then I decided to hang out for a couple extra days. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go there. And uh, it was just so amazing. I had to stay for a couple extra days. And I've never been there. If you've been, then you probably can uh, understand. But this is like a this is a rugged and rough and wild part of the part of the world, and I, and I, uh, or a part of the country. I mean, I've traveled around the world quite a bit, mostly around beaches. Uh, most of the beaches around the world. Um, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, is a very very cowboy, <laughs> rough, wild section of Earth. Um, you know, it's in the Teton mountain range, these magnificent mountains, uh, super high, super rugged, uh, for snowboarding and snow skiing, some of the best mountains in the United States and potentially even the world, uh, for how, how steep and how tall they are. Um, it's kind of at the intersection of Idaho, Montana and Wyoming right there. And, um, it's, it's, it's like cowboy town, man. It's like, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, surprisingly even further than out in the middle of nowhere. So you have like this ski town, Jackson, um, with the mountain and then 30, 40 minutes away, there's this like massive homes built for like $15 million, like out in the middle of nowhere. But that's not the point. The point is, is that the people that live there mostly live there because they want to be out in the middle of nowhere and they want that rugged lifestyle. In the summertime, they're mountain climbing and rock climbing and they're kayaking and they're paddleboarding the river. Uh, they're hiking in in the summer. They're you know skiing. They're snowboarding, but they're doing backcountry stuff: snowmobiling, uh, snow biking, um, you know, backcountry skiing, you know, camp snow camping. All these things, crazy, crazy, crazy people, cowboys. And I left there going, you know, this whole plan to get all these people into these cities, these fifteen minute cities, that that ain't gonna work out there. You go to somewhere like New York or you go to L.A. Man, LA is LA is like a zombie apocalypse these days. And you could easily see how those people in the city, they're just gonna stay in the city. And they might as well just go inside and put their VR headset on and just live in that ready player one type world. Cause they're already kind of there. But these people out in Jackson Hole, and I'm guessing in other parts like that, like Colorado, Idaho, Montana, et cetera, like it's rugged and raw. And people live there because they want to live that lifestyle. They want to live outdoors and they they ain't gonna go for that. They ain't going to go for that. So I have to, I have to tell you that I came back a little bit assured, uh, a little bit more optimistic that, you know, as, as scary and dangerous as it is that they're trying to push us into this type of world, man, they're a long way from that. So I feel pretty good about that. But of course, it's not going to stop them from trying. Uh, we can see that uh, I saw this uh, other article this week that power shortages are coming soon to America. Existing power plants are projected to retire at a faster pace than installing new units. And so we're already, uh, especially in California, already shutting down all of our power generation plants. We don't generate enough electricity during the summertime. We have rolling blackouts that happen. And that problem is only projected to get worse as we're retiring these power plants, but we're not bringing new ones on. And so we see that being a problem. uh, But of course, you can live in Wyoming, you can have solar panels, you can have generators, and you can get by. Like I said, those cowboys, I don't see them wanting to do that. And as as bad as you know, all of these ESG mandates have been for electricity generation and oil generation or production, etc. Um, 
you know, I've, I've been covering quite a bit. Like, it's scary. ESG is bad, and we should know about it. We should be scared about it. And we should push back on it. But the pushback is working. As a matter of fact, we saw this week the Senate killed uh, a Biden ESG um, investment rule. Biden may issue his first veto ever because of this, but the Senate killed this, this bill. They don't want it. They, they passed a disapproval resolution formally killing a Biden administration Department of Labor rule that encourages private uh, retirement plan fiduciaries to consider ESG factors when making investment decisions for over 150 million Americans. So basically what the rule says is that you have to look at this. You have to weigh this out as part of your investment thesis. Um, but these uh, Republican senators are like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Oh, we're investors. So we should invest the viability of the investment itself. Um, we should not be taking into account these types of ESG um, considerations because they're not part of what we're doing. It's not part of the investment. And, and, and then it goes deeper, obviously. They don't believe in that, et cetera. And so we're seeing massive pushback to this. We saw, you know, six states have divested, have pulled their money away from BlackRock because of these ESG mandates. Um, and now BlackRock is running PR. They're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not, we're not as bad and evil as you, as you think we are. Um, and now, you know, we kind of, the big three giants is, is uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And now Vanguard has dropped their net zero program. Like, and so we're starting to see the backlash of this. We have to keep the pressure on. We have to continue to stay, um, stay educated. We have to continue to stay plugged in. We have to st continue to stay vigilant on this. We have to continue to talk about these things with our friends, our families, our coworkers. Of course, continue to talk about them to our policymakers so they know that this is not what we want. And hopefully we can keep our freedom. If you just tune in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show, running through some of the latest breaking news this head, uh, headlines this week as we look at the lens through politics, finance, and technology to see the decentralized revolution. And that's what I got. That kind of covers the week. And thanks for listening. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.